The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. All right, back with you, hour two. Let's roll, huh? In the Farm Bureau Insurance studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team, they are your hometown heroes, your local Farm Bureau insurance agents across the state of Mississippi, right there in your hometown, your home communities, people you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. It's somebody you already know who's from right there. They got family right in town just like you. So hit them up, Farm Bureau Insurance. And staying connected to you here around the clock, not just while I'm on the air, but also off the air. I'm texting and uploading and posting and streaming and I don't know what else, you know, Instagramming. Thanks to Seaspire, the number one network in Mississippi. Seaspire, customer inspired. JB, do we still have Patrick hanging on? We sure do. Great, great. Let's get Patrick, who's listening in Hattiesburg today, and hung on with us through the break on the Divini Equipment phone line, 995-1059. Thanks for calling, Patrick. What's up? Hey, Matt. It's nice to uh, be on your show. I've uh, been meaning to call you for a long time and talk a little Mississippi State Uh football, uh, uh, close personal friend with Jackie Sherrill, myself, actually yeah. got his phone number. There you go. Text, <laughs> him, text, him, uh, text him and uh, tell him that number seven said hello. <laughs> He'll know you know what? I should do that. <laughs> the last time I had a talk with with Coach Sherrill, we were talking about um, the passing of Emory, Emory Ballard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about the Alabama game when they upset Alabama. But anyway, that's not what I call for, uh, Matt. Okay. Uh, call to talk about USM football. But before I uh, talk about USM football, I want to highlight two Mississippi guys okay. that's going that that we should watch in the NFL this year. Rookies. Uh, did Van Jefferson go to Ole Miss at one time? Oh yeah, he started there, right? And then and transferred then, to Florida. Yeah, that's right. And then went to Florida. Yep. Okay. They are saying Van Jefferson is tearing up camp for the Rams. Right. So they said, watch out for Van Jefferson to do big things. Another guy they definitely saying uh, looking to do big things, they're high on, is Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. And he's a running back for the Rams as well. So I just wanted to point that out. Right. Uh, I've heard some national media talk about those two players. Yeah, I have too. I've heard a lot. I've seen a lot of tweets from media who cover the NFL and cover the Rams about Van Jefferson, plays that he was making. And to add mm-hmm. add to what you're saying, Patrick, I saw where um, there was an interview with Aaron Donald. You know, one of the best players in the NFL, their mm-hmm. defensive tackle. And they, at the Rams media, said, oh, "What about young guys? Anybody stand out?" And he immediately said that that young wide receiver Van Jefferson. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what it is. He's made plays. He's earned respect. And and the Rams yeah. are the Rams are going to start always- their season on Sunday night. This Sunday night, hosting the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's a way to come on out. That's a coming out party. Anyway, <laughs> it will be for somebody for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. He always did make big plays. But anyway, Cam, I wish him luck too. Uh, Matt, about the USM situation. Mm-hmm. Here's my take on it. Okay. I would love, I, first of all, I like Coach Hops. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, I thought. Uh, the turning point in that relationship, Matt, and you, and, and I want you to chime in if you remember. I think when they tried, what's the coach that coached at Baylor? 
The head coach got uh, in all that trouble. Yeah. I, uh, I can't think of his name. Art Bryles. Art Bryles. Coach mm-hmm. Bryles. Yep. Here was the situation. Uh, I think when that, when he mentioned bringing in Art Bryles, I think the powers to be, the alumni and the, and the president, I think they kind of put him on a put him on a, a slippery slope. You know, he had to do big things at USM after that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a remarkable idea and foresight. Now, I know Art Browns did a bad thing at Baylor, but he was coming into the Bible Belt, uh, Matt White. Uh, Hattiesburg is the Bible Belt. They could have put any kind of clause in his contract that he needed to go to church or something like that. That's just my little take on it. Mm-hmm. And that, that would have brought in some prestige and would have brought in a, a way to recruit because the man knows football regardless of what he did at Baylor he knows football and here's another thing Matt and, and, and trying to wrap this up um, he uh, when, when when you have a situation like that you have to be able to take chances now who would have ever thought that your football coach right now at Mississippi State would be, would be at State much less the SEC mm-hmm. his name had been mentioned a lot of times, and, and he's a highly profile coach. And I hope the Mississippi State alumni will be patient with this coach. The man, Mike Leach, is a winner. And that's the same way I thought Hobson was thinking out of the box. I thought that was great foresight to, to bring Browse in, just like just like the old Miss coach Luke brought in those guys for that one year, McIntyre and, and Rod Triggers. I mean, either one of them coaches could have been a head coach. Matt Luke had Ole Miss's best interest. I'm sorry it, it, it fell on him. Same way it fell on, on Hobson. I think those are two similar situations in a weird kind of way. Talk to me, Matt. Yeah. Patrick, I appreciate the call. And I think you're, you're on to that. You know, they're just – a disconnect can happen for a lot of different reasons. You know, and there are a lot of people who point to that situation where Jay, you know, talked to and and maybe I don't know if it, I don't know if it was went as far as it was an interview or they brought him on campus or any of that kind of stuff. I just know that then the rumors of that courtship made it out into the public, and when it did, I think some maybe there's some people at the university who didn't know about it, and kind of you know how it is on a on a university, like the whole hierarchy thing, there are people up the chain that want to know everything. And if they don't, they feel slighted and they got big old fat egos and they don't need to feel slighted. You know, sometimes that happens in those things. So could that have been the genesis of a disconnect? Yeah, sure. It could have Patrick. I appreciate your call. And I really appreciate you listening in Hattiesburg. Call me. It's good to hear your voice again, Patrick. Remember hearing from him a bunch. All right, hey, let me flip the switch for you right now. This is going back to Friday night. A little bit ago, we went through some of the scores. I think without question across the state of Mississippi in high school football, the the big score that everybody was talking about anyway, at least you know in terms of the one that everybody kind of went, whoa, how about that, was Starkville-West Point. Starkville 40, West Point 28. We know what West Point is. What is it now? Five titles? And then we know Starkville. Not everybody's really like super duper surprised Starkville won the game. It's a big rivalry. Starkville's good. They've got players. It's just 40 28 with people telling you, hey, man, if they'd left the quarterback in, they could have scored 100. Kind of in blowout fashion. You know, 12 points is a blowout for that West Point team. 
Let's talk about it right now with somebody who was there. Robbie Falk, who covered the game for the Starkville Daily News. Y'all can follow him on Twitter. Y'all followed his Mississippi State coverage over the years. And he's on your radio right now. First time for Robbie to be on the show in a, in a pretty good little while, I believe. Robbie, really do appreciate some time. Good to talk to you. Hope you had a great Labor Day. Yeah, man. Had a good one. Enjoyed some uh, country-pleasing sausage and chicken and a little bit of football. It was a good day. Yes, sir. It sounds like it. I, I, um, you know, you can't go wrong with country-pleasing sausage. I was telling JB I had some I was going to fix last night, uh, a, a dish with navy beans for the Navy versus BYU game, and I smooth forgot it. Got a whole bag of navy beans still sitting in the pantry down there. I'll have to pull it out later in the week. What about on Friday night? What about what'd you eat at the ball game on Friday night, huh? Uh, I had some Zaxby's chicken wings. <laughs> do, um, do they sell those Star- at the stadium, Star- or you got them on the way there? No. So, so listen, Starkville is one of the few places where they actually give the media food, and I'm very appreciative of that. On Friday nights, we always have chicken wings, or you know, right. something like that, and they had us a bag of goodies up there, so. You know, I've been to Brandon does that, Clinton. Yeah, all the big schools really do that. And I understand, you know, it's, it's tough to account for media and stuff like that. But I really do appreciate that. They had us a little uh, box of Zaxby's. So cool. I, I tore those wings up, man. <laughs> me, me and Bud Bowen up there, the voice of the West Point Green Wave. That's it. I'm looking forward to seeing Bud up in the stands at Tupelo this Friday night. He's a... He is a hoot, a hoo-hoo mercy hoot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'll be there. Yeah. He doesn't miss the game, i tell you that. And he, he admitted to me he was a little nervous about the game on Friday night because Starville and West Point usually have a couple of weeks to prepare for each other. And, uh, you know, they just did not know what they had at West Point going into that ball game because every year they're seeing a lot of turnover. But, um I talked to you a little bit about this. West Point just has this system in place where they just continuously reload, and that's so hard to do. But it, it, when you when you create a culture like that within the coaching staff and the community, um, it, it's actually it, it's actually an easy thing to do on the surface. I mean, they they have this system in place and guys follow it. But uh, yeah, they they were a little nervous about what to expect from the team. But I think you know, talking to Chris Chambliss today. Uh, I think he came out of that game and felt a little bit better about his team. Right. Well, that's interesting. Um, Robbie Falk on your radio. So we're talking about this game Friday night in Starkville. Starkville winning 40-28 to over West Point. So, Robbie, you mentioned Bud Bowen, a long-time uh, kind of iconic high school radio voice for West Point on the radio, that he was a little nervous about the game going into it. So for you and – well, let's just talk from your perspective. 40 to 28, the final. Where does that land on the surprise scale for you? Like, scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you to see that outcome? I, I thought that Starville would be a couple of touchdowns better. Really? Just because, yeah, I really did. Just, And the reason I say that is Starville has returning players at key spots, at leadership roles. Um, I knew that they were going to be. 100% solid at quarterback, and that's the most important position on the field, as you know, as a mm-hmm. former quarterback. Um, and I knew that they were going to be better on the offensive line. If you have an offensive line that um, is going to be able to protect the quarterback that can throw like Luke Altmyer, I'm not worried about 
start with skill position players. In the same way, I'm not worried about green, the Greenway's position players, mm-hmm. uh, skill position players. Um, I knew they were going to be pretty good on defense. Uh, they always are, but I just had questions surrounding West Point. You know, the, the running backs and their quarterbacks they're putting in the game had barely played last year. And, um, you know, at a certain point, you just start to say, well, West Point is West Point, no matter mm-hmm. what they got on the field. But I did think that they were going to take a while to get going, and they did take a while. And if Luke Altmeyer doesn't go down with cramps in the third quarter, that might have been a runaway because the first half was all startable. They gave up a touchdown on the second play of the game, and then they came back and scored on a, on a quarterback a design quarterback run by Luke Altmeyer on the first play of their possession, and they led 26-7 to at the half. And it could have been 35-7 uh, to seven at okay. the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, had a, they had a touchdown that the receiver couldn't haul it in in the end zone. He had it in his hand and dropped it. They ended up turning over on down. It could have been a four-touchdown game in the first half. But uh, give credit to West Point. <clears throat> I just think that that team – if they have an inkling that they're still in the ball game, you're you're just, you're just going to have to put them down. I mean, you got to keep the the pedal on the gas, and you got to rev it up until the game's over with because they're not going to stop. Yeah. That's what happened. They got back in the ball game, but um, yeah, I, I did think that Starman was probably two touchdowns better just because of what they were returning and and what they had coming into the season. Okay, Robbie Falk on your radio right now. Uh, are they like a favorite? You see that outcome. You look at their quarterback play, Florida State commit, Luke Altmeyer. I mean, it's, if, you, if you were to rank teams around the state, you put Starkville on top of everybody right now? I think so, just because there's a lot of uncertainty at some of those other North teams especially. Um, you know, I, I don't think – you know, Brandon lost Will Rogers. Um, Madison Central lost some key players and their quarterback. Sapanola lost Nari Dean, their star running back. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of a lot of those places that I felt like were going to be contending for for North State, and I feel like will contend. Those are still some question marks. But Luke Altmeyer to me is the catalyst for Starkville High School. If they have him, I, I think they're, they're going to be really difficult to beat. I mean, I I can't overstate it enough how impressive he was in that first half. I know you watched some of his highlights from the first half. Yeah, he can make just about every throw that there is to make. And now he can show off a little bit of that running ability. So he does have a threat to run, and that's going to be even more dangerous for teams. So as long as they got that kid swinging it around, it's going to be very difficult to stop them uh, offensively. Luke Altmeyer. So, you know, you ask around 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds, something like that, committed to Florida State, and – you know, his recruitment, Robbie, um, is curious. Is that the right word right now? Curious in terms of like his offer list versus who hasn't offered? And do you think it's just one of those things where people, you know, if he leads them to a state championship this year, plays in the rest of these ball games the way he did Friday night, it, he, he can pick and choose. You know, I know he's already committed, but he's going to have more offers. Yeah, I think that the uh, interest in him is going to really pick up. You know, he's he's had interest and in offers from from LSU and Florida and teams like that for for quite some time, and uh, you know he he could he, he probably could have committed to LSU early on. I think they've got their quarterback, but uh, you know now a lot of those spots are filling up. But I know Alabama's still interested in him. 
they've had conversations with him. Nick Saban's talked to him. They they gave him an offer in the spring. Um, you know, Florida State is where he feels comfortable. He wanted to be the guy in the class. They got him on board in the spring, and um, he, he was he had a great relationship with uh, Dillingham and Mike Norvell over at Florida State when they were at Memphis. So that was just a natural relationship and a natural fit for him. The only thing I'm curious about was why Mississippi State uh, wasn't interested in him when, when Mike Leach came in. But um, I, I'm sure you've done enough research on Mike Leach. You know that he's a curious guy, especially with his quarterbacks. He wants a particular guy. Mm-hmm. He went and got two Texas kids. And uh, I don't think Mississippi State could have gone wrong with either Sawyer Robertson or Luke Altmaier. But they just, for whatever reason, were not interested in Luke. And uh, I... Myself, I think he's a perfect fit for the air raid. He's already running a lot of those concepts at Starville High School, but uh, I, I think State's in good position. What they have, Florida State's got a got a, a heck of a quarterback. If he does indeed end up at Florida State, but I have a feeling that, that his recruitment's going to pick up a little bit as this season goes on. Robbie Falk on your radio right now. Uh, he was at that ball game on Friday night for the Starkville Daily News, uh, Mississippi State local sports right there. Y'all need to follow Robbie. <laughs> On Twitter at RobbieFault247. Give him a follow right there. So uh, Starkville hits the road and goes to Louisville. Louisville won a state championship a couple years ago. Um, I, I don't. I only say that just because I was there for the game. I'm not sure how it wound up for him last year. But then a 13 zip shutout of Columbus in Week One. What do you make of that at Louisville this week? Louisville's kind of like uh, West Point. They're replacing a lot of key players mm. last year, especially at the skill position spot. Um, they had a lot of wide receiver talent, and running backs um, go out the door, and they're breaking in a new quarterback as well. Um, you know, it's just it, it's going to be interesting. I feel like Starkville has a major edge and talent depth, but Tyrone Shorter's over there coaching for Louisville. He knows Chris Jones and coached Chris Jones in high school. Uh, both those guys are Knoxville County guys. And, yeah. um, they're going to be ready for each other. They're going to know what the other one's going to run. And it's probably going to come down to Jimmy and Joe's, and, and Starville's got those. I like Starville in that ball game, but Louisville's a team to watch out for in 4A. Uh, Greenwood, I think, was the one that knocked them out last year, and they're not playing this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to have been their nemesis in the playoffs in the past. I, I, I like Louisville. I like West Point. I like Starville and all those classifications, which is kind of crazy to think about uh, being so close to each other. All three of those teams could be state champs this year. Yeah, all in one little area right there for sure. So speaking of West Point, real quick with a couple of minutes left, Robbie, West Point goes to Tupelo this week. Tupelo played well at a what was, a, I guess by some, a ranked Neshoba Central team. And it was a close game, 25-17. Neshoba Central gave them some opportunities, a couple late turnovers, but Tupelo also turned it over. Uh, it'll be a home game for Tupelo West Point going up there. Both teams coming off a loss. What do you think? I'm going to give the West Point the edge based on just the continuity they have on staff and what their players um, know already. I, I feel like they're, they're probably going to have a little bit of an edge on just the system and everything because I think Ty Harden is a great coach. Mm-hmm. But I think just the lack of the spring and not having a ton of time with his kids this summer – I think it's going to take a while to get Tupelo going, but I like what I'm hearing about Tupelo and their future classes. I think they have some really good underclassmen coming up. 
that's going to be a team to watch in the future. But I like I like the West Point Green Wave this week. Good deal. All right, Robbie, it's good to talk high school football with you, man. I went out to Amory on Friday night and kind of watched that atmosphere, and they had a decent crowd. I'll tell you this, at Starkville Friday night, uh, there was a bunch of people at that ball game. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of distancing going on. I mean, it was loaded, frankly. <laughs> it, was, it was packed out. I think people were just as excited about having football back in this community as, as you and I are. Mm-hmm. It's just it's exciting to finally have it back. I'm just glad to be back out there in the field. Yeah, same with me. All right, man. Hey, good to talk to you. I really appreciate your time, okay? I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Have a good one, man. You too. Thank you. That's Robbie Falk. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Been covering sports in the state of Mississippi for a long time. He's Robbie Falk 247. Uh, he's a part of 247 Sports, Gene's Page, and the Starkville Daily News. It was covering the game for the Starkville Daily back on uh, Friday night. Altmeyer, something else. Um, I ran across some of his highlights from the game. He, he Luke Altmeyer, the quarterback Starkville, posted a few of his highlights from the game the first half of that game against West Point. I retweeted that a while ago if y'all want to go see it because I noticed two things. One, the stands at Yellow Jacket Field were packed, okay? They had a big crowd. (laughs) And number two, I noticed, there was almost 60,000 views of that video of his highlights at that time. And if you don't think Florida State fans are excited, well, they got a stadium's full, stadium full worth of fans who've watched his video already of just first-half highlights of this season opener. You can go check some of that out for yourself. All right, I'm coming to your text. Bama fan and Buzzard and James and True Maroon and White Denzel and Ghost Pepper and Gator Nation and all y'all. Coming to your text next. Stick around. All right. Coming in hot. Rolling right along. JB's been a busy man taking phone calls. I'm watching the highlights from this Starville West Point game right now. Are you the ones on Twitter? Uh, No, this is on YouTube. Okay. Oh, yeah. So is it the whole game? No, it's just like a 15-minute highlight. 15 minutes? Yeah, but you're right, man. There's a bunch of booties in that stand. Hey, there's a bunch of folks there. <laughs> I don't know what that field at Starkville High School seats, but I mean, from the from the camera angles that I saw, I mean, really, there was not a whole lot of difference from a normal crowd that you see there on a normal year. <laughs> okay, I'd, I'd say it's about two thirds full. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there are certain packets of of people where you can't see any of aluminum. <laughs> it's just people. It's family. You can sit together as a family. Yeah. Does that include second cousins or just first cousins? I think it includes all the way, you know, to like distantly removed fourth and fifth cousins. Really? Yeah. All the way to Kevin Bacon? All the way to <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> we ought to do a, uh, a Six pod- degrees. Yeah, well, we ought to just start a podcast where we you know, uh, bring somebody in who's got an interesting family tree and kind of go through it with them. And the right. name of it could be All the Way to Kevin Bacon. All the Way to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. 
And that's a bad idea. Let's move can, on. Can you be a bad person if your last name is Bacon? <laughs> no. No. no, not at all. All right, uh, country pleasing text line. A little bit ago, Fleet Feet Pete, he texted the show, and he said, Jay Hobson to JSU. Now, I don't think I didn't mention I told Annabeth that. I said, you know, Jackson State's looking for a coach right now. And the thing is, Jay has some success at Alcorn. Took him over, you know. Let's see. He was there for four seasons at Alcorn State. They went 32-17 and 17 and 25-11 and 11 in the SWAC in four years at Alcorn State. His first year at Alcorn State, they were four and seven. Then he went nine and three, ten and three, and nine and four. His last two years, ten and three and nine and four, finished first in the East Division of the SWAC, and uh, went to a bowl game his final year there, 2015. Then he went to Southern Miss right after that. So I don't know. I mean, I I have no idea if that's on anybody's radar realistically, but you know, would Jay win? At Jackson State, the way he did at uh, at Alcorn, I don't know. I bet it would excite some Alcorn fans. I mean, uh, uh, Jackson State fans. I mean, because <clears throat> he did a Probably good job. Excite some Alcorn fans too. It, it might do <laughs> it actually. It might do it. <clears throat> uh, Bama fan on the country pleasing text line says, "Physical game Friday, JA versus MRA. JA JA had a lead ten to six through three quarters. Man, so MRA had to turn it on late, but they did." Sometimes it's a sign of a good team. Got to know how to play from behind and from ahead, for sure. Let's see. Buzzard92 on the Country Pleasing text line said, played Live Oaks this morning, shot 98-ish. Greens were in great condition. Hey, 98-ish? That's better than 100. That's all right, man. He can shoot as much as he wants with that that Doors hat and the Motorhead shirt. I mean, look at that. You cannot go wrong. I, I mean, that was before. I didn't even know they had logos like that when the doors were popular back in. What? Well, give me a year, JB, for the 68, doors. 68. 68. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Come on, baby, light my fire. Yeah. James on the country pleasing text line. He liked the um, line. I said, dummies don't move. People do. <laughs> he said, LOL. Love that, Matt. Yeah, I mean, Navy, admittedly, did not tackle each other in preseason practice and did not block other human beings. And they only did it against dummies. And pun here, it's a dumb move. You can't go play a game having done that. You Well, I guess you can, but that's a result. You know you're going to get that result before you do it. You just you got no chance. None. Now, I didn't get this question in for Robbie. Ghost Pepper on the Country Pleasing Text Line said, ask Robbie who would win a karate match between... BK Maroon and Nitro Maestro, he will understand. Well, maybe he would, maybe you do. Frankly, Ghost Pepper, none of the rest of us do, nor do we care. <laughs> Inside jokes don't work on the radio, okay? <laughs> I want to meet Nitro Maestro. Nitro Maestro. I, I want to hear you say that five times fast. Nitro Maestro, Nitro Maestro. Yeah, pff, you didn't make it two and a half times. I know. <laughs> I won't even try it. At least you have the guts to try it. White Denzel says, if you've never heard Robbie, Robbie Falk play Wonderwall on the guitar on the front porch of a cabin at the Shelby County Fair, you're missing out. How about that? <laughs> yeah, he can play Gator Nation. It was incredibly specific, though, wasn't it, JB? Like, Denzel, all he had to say was, if you've never heard him play the guitar, you're missing out. Yeah, no. It, 
No, you got to play Wonderwall at the Neshoba County Fair on the front porch of the cabin. Right. That whole thing, I'm not knocking the Neshoba County Fair at all. Not knocking it one bit. What I'm saying is, given that we live in modern times, <laughs> I'm not sure what the whole draw is. Okay? Been there. Covered in dust. Covered in it. Every car, everything, me, every person covered in this a film of red clay dust that just hangs at that place. Okay? Hot as all get out, right? And they say, cabin. Yeah, it's kind of neat. But if you're claustrophobic at all, hand up here. I can't hang out in any of those cabins. Not at six foot five. Okay? Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. You're, you probably can't get up the steps. No. Uh. You, I mean, I've literally walked through cabins at Neshoba County Fair where I had to, it's like the cabin of an airplane. I'm ducked with my head over like to the side the whole time got to watch out so you don't get your red clay halo yeah cut. now the horse buggy thing that's pretty neat that's pretty neat and and there's a bunch of pretty girls there so if i were a teenager you know 19 year old matt probably would find a different purpose in the whole thing but that's the rest of it man it's just let's just go do something else gator nation says um matt do you believe jay hobson resigned or was really fired behind the scenes. I like Jay Hobson. Yeah, no, I think there was a, I think it was like, I think it was a resignation. I think it was an, I think they expedited something that may have happened after the season, you know, without a, a miracle type of season thing and went ahead and said, hey, this, you know, this train's going down the hill. You might as well start a, a new deal. And so had I. Uh, the, you know, their statement said he came to them. I believe that's true. True Maroon says Alabama, uh, Alabama better hope it's for all cousins for the stands or else they'll be empty. <laughs> <laughs> and then White Denzel says you have to stay for a few days to get the Neshoba County Fair. It's the one time you get to see friends that you've made at the fair and a chance to see family you don't normally get to see. Yeah, I'm just kind of joking around, Denzel. It's a neat thing. Um, okay, real quick. I just got a text here from Miko on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast country pleasing. This is a tweet from Joe Cook, sports director at WAPT. It says, JSU just confirmed to me that they are not considering Jay Hobson for their head football coach opening. Jay has experience in the SWAC. He was the head coach at Alcorn State from 2012 to 2015, led them to 32 wins. So Joe Cook of WAPT is saying that uh, Jackson State not pursuing Jay Hobson right now uh, for its open head coaching position. Miko, thanks for the link. And we got that information in there for you. Hey, real quick. Chris Brooks... And the folks at the Mississippi Gridiron, at Mississippi Gridiron Magazine, and MississippiGridiron.com have this week's top 10 rankings in the state of Mississippi in high school football. It is posted on their website. This week's top 10, the Little 10, and the MAIS top 10. Here they are 
in this order. The overall top 10, according to the Mississippi Gridiron, number one, Starkville. Number two, Oak Grove, who put up 52 points on Gulfport this weekend. Number three, South Panola, who got a one-point win over Hernando. Number four, West Point, who lost to number one, Starkville. Number five, West Jones, not sure what they did. Number six, Madison Central, who beat somebody. West Jones beat somebody, I just don't know who they beat. Number seven, Neshoba Central, 1-0 after a 24-25-17 win over Tupelo, I believe is the score. Number eight, Picayune. Number nine, Warren Central after their shutout win over Vicksburg. And number 10, Oxford. Oxford beat somebody. So the only team in the top 10 at Mississippi Gridiron, the overall top 10 with a loss, is West Point, who lost on the road at the number one team, uh, Starkville. West Jones beat Raleigh 35-6. Oh. Madison Central beat Northwest Rankin 31-20. And the other score... Uh, Oxford. Oxford. Oxford uh, they beat Grenada 37-20. Okay, beat them by 17. Dad Gummit. How about this? He actually has, uh, in terms of the little 10 at Mississippi Gridiron, they have MRA number one in that little 10. Jefferson Davis County, number two. That's the old Bassfield. Number three is Taylorsville. Number four, Columbia. Number five, Prep. Number six, Knoxaby. Knoxaby beat Shannon 39 to nothing. Number seven, McGee. They beat Collins 34 to nothing. Gracious. Number eight, West Marion. They beat East Marion 40 to six. How are things in Marion County this week? After West Marion won 40 to six. Scott Central. They're number nine in the Little Ten, beat Peelahatchee 35 zip. And number 10 is Choctaw County after a win over Calhoun City 14 to 12 last week. I love it. Results. Stick around. All right, back with you. Rolling along here. On this Tuesday, first day back this week, but uh, short week because of the holiday. Hope everyone enjoyed your Labor Day, your day off. And looking ahead to football, you got NFL football kicking off this week, Thursday night game, Chiefs and Texans, and then a full complement of games on Sunday around the NFL. We'll preview some of those coming up in hour three of the show, which is right around the corner. Um, r- real quick. Okay, and we're going to preview the college games, or at least take a look at what's uh, on the docket, because this weekend you do have the ACC and the Big 12 going to kick it up and get going. Hallelujah. Even more games to watch this weekend. Now, see, haven't we all made it just fine without NFL preseason games? We don't need those, do we? (laughs) In reality, we don't need any of it, but glad to have any of it. So high school games that stand out to you this weekend. Anybody got any that really stand out to you? Uh, Warren Central over in Vicksburg going to host Brandon this weekend. So Brandon coming off that loss to uh, Clinton. Warren Central feeling good about themselves. You know, 17-zip shutout went over Vicksburg. Got to be careful about that one. The whole, Clinton's got to go to Northwest Rankin, too. Really? And Northwest Rankin got whipped by Madison, Madison Central. Central. Yeah. Round robin. We're just having Very a little similar, nice. Uh, similar games, if you will, because of the districts and right. the way they're shaping up. So Northwest Rankin coming off a loss. Clinton feeling really good about themselves. Got to go on the road. You know the whole uh, concept of the bit dog, the injured mm-hmm. dog? You got to be careful about that injured dog. It's got 
you know, skin up on one side, and he's bleeding a little bit. You reach a hand in there, and he just, what does he do? Yeah, especially when he's at home. Especially when he's at home. So you better get ready. These teams that got themselves a little embarrassed in week one because they all have coaches who have nice big contracts and nice houses with mortgages. Huh? Wives who don't want to move anytime soon. <laughs> and they, a little pressure. Just a little bit of pressure. They're South gonna... Panola had a little harder time uh, than they imagined uh, with their first game. They won. They sure did. Snuck in there, but then they got to go to Meridian this year. Who This week? What? Yeah, <clears throat> not this year. <laughs> but I, uh, I understand Meridian's not quite what they've been in past years. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to see here real quick. Uh, Corinth, really good team. What's Corinth? 4A? They go to Olive Branch. That's an underrated game, I think, up in North Mississippi. Corinth at Olive Branch. Two 1 and 0s right there. Let's see. Ocean Springs. They had the win. They're going to host George County. Ocean Springs coming off the win over Moss Point this weekend. Hattiesburg and Oak Grove. There we go. Here we go. Hattiesburg won the Little Brown Jug, beat Laurel. Oak Grove put up 52 on somebody. Gulfport embarrassed them. And now we got two 1 and 0s facing off at Oak Grove this weekend, this Friday night. That'll be fun. Uh, Gulfport coming off that loss. They're going to Picayune uh, this weekend, too. The Maroon Tide. The Maroon Tide. That's right. Man, uh, Tupelo Christian Prep, TCPS. They got their hands full. They're hosting Nanawaya. Nanawaya won last Thursday night. A really good program. So, small school football. They'll have their hands full up in this neck of the woods. Yeah, South Panola at Meridian. Starkville goes to Louisville. Taylorsville at Seminary. Looks like that'll be the season opener for both. Come on with it. It'd be a good game. Uh, quarterback from Taylorsville, just I believe just a 10th grader. Yeah. And uh, it's already committed to Tulane. Big game. Hey, Unless here, Will Hall decides to leave Tulane and come to Southern Miss. <laughs> and then then, it'll go to Southern Miss. That may change things. <laughs> I wonder if that'll factor in. Uh, here's a huge rivalry game going on on Friday night. West Jones at Wayne County. That's a big rivalry game right there. Several years ago, I know I've brought this up before, JB, but several years ago when they had the, uh, we we did the C Spire Bright Lights series of yeah. games for two, three years. Yeah, I remember that. And I pretty much, I did the color analysis for all of those games on television. I think it was three years, but um, I pretty much worked with the same broadcasters Every time for a while, it was a guy named Dave and Dave Dave Anderson. I think it was his yes, name from from Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then for a while, it was Richard Cross from here in Mississippi. You know, we did some of those games. But there was one guy. I don't know what it was with schedules or what. But there was one guy that uh, had done some ESPN work, and <clears throat> they flew him in to do the Wayne County West Jones game with uh, me. And he came in there on two wheels. It was like they called him, and he barely had enough time to grab a backpack before he went and got on a plane somewhere. <laughs> wow. And and I don't remember his name. I wish I could, but I don't. Um, but I just remember he came into the booth. He had on, like, shorts and tennis shoes, and he had to throw on a shirt, and somebody met him there with a tie that he could put on, and he borrowed a coat so that he could, uh-huh. you know, from the waist <laughs> up, he could have a coat and tie on for the broadcast. And he was a great, he was great at it. But man, he came in there on two wheels. All right, um, and real quick, 
college football to watch this week. You got a bunch of it, okay? So the ACC is going to get going this week. We already previewed uh, Notre Dame and Duke. So you got a bunch of it going on. You also have the Big 12 going to kick off this week. You Thir- mentioned the NFL, Matt. Matt. You, know, you got the Buccaneers and the Saints. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to do it. We're previewing the NFL games coming up to start our three. Awesome. All right, awesome. so college football. Thursday night, UAB at Miami. That's a Thursday night game, 7 o'clock Central. If you want to watch it on the ACC Network, you'll have to find that. All right, then the Saturday games. Syracuse at North Carolina is an ACC Network game. That's at 11 a.m. Saturday morning. 11 a.m. on ESPN will be Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, at Iowa State in Ames, Iowa. Iowa State a little better than a 10-point favorite there. 11 a.m. on ESPN2, Charlotte at Appalachian State. Appalachian State, one of the better teams in the country. They are. 11 a.m. Saturday on FS1, you get West Virginia hosting Eastern Kentucky. Uh, Louisiana Tech at Baylor. Southern Miss fans get a preview of La Tech. They'll play on Fox at 11 a.m. on Saturday. I think West Virginia should be penciled in for that win. You think so? Yeah, because I watched Marshall annihilate Eastern Kentucky. I mean, it was like BYU versus Navy. It was that kind of game. All right, middle of the day, 1230, CBS Sports Network. Louisiana Monroe goes to Army. Now, how is it that Army can have all their students, cadets, whatever you want to call them, in the stands, but Navy couldn't have anybody? That was stupid. Reminds me of a tweet I saw yesterday. What did that, that tweet say? The guy said something about being nonsensical, people not allowed in I mean, the stadium, open-air stadiums. It's a big open-air stadium at, at uh, Annapolis, Maryland last night, home game for Navy. They wouldn't have not a single person in there. It just is. It makes no sense to do that. It. You said nonsensical. It's nonsensical. I love, I love it. Uh, all right, so the, the Duke-Notre Dame game, it's a big one. It's obviously on NBC because it's a Notre Dame home game. That's at 1.30 on Saturday, Central Time, on NBC. 2.30 Central on ABC is Georgia Tech at Florida State. See Florida State for the first time under Norvell, fresh over from Memphis. ESPN 2 at 2.30 on Saturday is UTSA, Texas State. Texas State gave SMU all they could handle last weekend. A couple of others. Arkansas State goes to Kansas State, 2.30 on Saturday. It's televised FS1. You get into primetime, 6 o'clock game, Central Time. 6.30 on ABC Saturday night is Clemson at Wake Forest. So pencil that one in, okay? You yeah, can't be a great game. Yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't watch Missouri State at Oklahoma. It's pay-per-view. Nobody's gonna pay for that around here. Just not doing it. Look at that old ABC logo there, Matt. I don't see it. Right there under the ESPN. Uh, well, I'm not. I, can, I just can't see it. I got it. it's it's it's. Uh, I'm looking at the ESPN website, college football. It's yeah, got sure. the old ABC. You know, the big rounded. Oh letters. yeah, the rounded one. Yeah, <laughs> that is a throwback, isn't it? And you mentioned uh, like UTSA the, and Texas State. Yeah. Uh, UTSA's defensive coordinator is one of those aforementioned early candidates that don't mean anything for the Southern Miss job. Oh, Derek is it? Nicks. What's the name? Derek Nix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw his name pop up there. Yeah. Um, okay. Here you go. Southern Miss fans, hold, uh, cover your ears. South Alabama will host Tulane on ESPN2 Saturday night at 630. I'm going to watch that. Tulane, good team. They're coming to Hattiesburg later this year. 
If you want to watch Texas play UTEP, you can 7 o'clock Saturday night on the Longhorn Network if you want. Go right on ahead. I'll pass. ACC Network at 7 is Louisville hosting Western Kentucky. That could be a good ball game. Could. We'll see. Uh, Texas Tech hosts Houston Baptist. Okay, late game. If you want to watch Les Miles coach, 9 p.m. Central Time on FS1 Saturday night, Kansas hosting Coastal Carolina. So there you go. That's a, the roundup of the games. Now, I only skipped a couple. Like, there's an ESPN uh, online ESPN Plus game, the Citadel at South Florida. You have Austin P going to Pittsburgh. That one's in there Saturday afternoon. But I kind of gave you all the high points. So as you can see, a bunch of Big 12 teams playing. Clemson's going to play. Notre Dame's going to play. Florida State, Georgia Tech are going to play each other. You, you're going to have plenty of fun football to watch this weekend. And it'll actually start Thursday night. I'll tune in. I get the ACC Network. I'm a cord cutter, and I get it. Miami is a big two-touchdown favorite over UAB, but haven't played. UAB has a game under their belt. We'll see. It is in Miami. All right. That wraps up Hour 2. Hour 3 coming up. We'll start off, take a look at opening weekend of the NFL starting on Thursday night. Go Chiefs! Stick around for that.